We all know that video is a powerful way to communicate the value of what we do as designers and creatives. But if you're like most business owners, the very idea of creating these videos can seem overwhelming. Well, my girl, Ariane Belazaire, is masterful at creating engaging and effective videos for her business, and she's created a course where she teaches you step-by-step -step how to do it too. In her course, Video Like a Pro, you'll learn how to create five different styles of video, and for each style, you'll learn how to build it, how to shoot it, how to edit it, and how to promote it. I can tell you from my own personal experience that her course is so good. And she's offering a special promo code for my listeners. So go to www.videolikeaprocourse.com and enter the promo code Gale to get $50 off. And it's spelled capital G, capital A, capital I, capital L. Welcome to the Design Perspectives Podcast. I am your host, Gail Davis. I will talk all things design from expectation to reality, from what to expect when working with designers as well as the trades. And from time to time, current events will seep their way into the conversation. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and listen. Ooh, this interview was absolutely amazing. Today's guest is Becky Shea of Becky Shea Design. She is a leading New York City-based full-service interior design and lifestyle studio specializing in organic modernist principles across luxury residential projects and custom artisan crafted furniture and home decor. Unlike most interior design studios, she relies, uh, which rely on architects for design elements and drawings, she controls and designs every single detail of the custom homes that they build and renovate. Uh, we had a discussion after the interview about millwork, and this woman is so fluid <laughs> with millwork. Um, just an amazing individual. I love when I meet interior designers who are super passionate about their business, and for them, it's more about the creative process and first and foremost, the customer service experience. That is what keeps your phone ringing. That is what keeps you at top of mind with clients and potential clients is the way you portray yourself or the way you handle yourself, not just in business, but just in general. Because pe listen, people are always watching and it helps when you have gr a great design aesthetic. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation, uh, this interview with Becky. Hey, Becky, thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, so let's get into this. I see you have a 305 number. How did you leave Florida and come to New York? So originally from Miami, I came to New York 10 years ago. And from the first time I actually came to New York, I was 15. Mm -hmm. I knew this is where I was destined to be. So a month after graduating college, I packed my bags without a job, moved in with some Craigslist roommates on Wall Street. What? And 
took on some part-time gigs as a visual merchandiser at Macy's um, just to get my feet wet and make sure I was up here. Oh my goodness. Okay, so your first career was visual merchandising, which is amazing because that's how I got into design. I was an assistant, but I had visual people around me and I was always helping them out. And yeah, so this is about you. So let's go back to you. Um, okay, so how did you get into design? How did you jump from visual to saying, I'm going to have my own design firm? Yep. So that only happened six years ago. Um, came, like I said, from the fashion industry. It was visual merchandising, account manager, production manager, kind of getting the whole vast background of what it took to produce a garment. Mm -hmm. um, I worked at a company that was based in Paris and they did a joint venture in the States with American Express. And after two years, the entire company folded. Oof. So they picked five people in the company to help bridge the relationships to our European counterparts, liquidate all assets, which was a different part of business that I hadn't gotten yet. Mm -hmm. um, so it was interesting to understand how to close down a company. Um, with that, they assured me of three months salary. I completed everything in about a month. So that gave me two extra months to really think about what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I was at a crossroad. I was either going to go towards interior design, having zero experience, or I was going to go into brand strategy, which I felt having worked with so many luxury brands and developing these relationships and understanding how they get to where they do every season, that kind of made a little bit more sense. Mm -hmm. It wasn't what made me feel excited or passionate. So during my honeymoon, Ooh. my husband and I were having margaritas in the <laughs> pool and he's like, we're in Costa Rica, by the way, which is unbelievable. It's an eco uh, conscious country, which is, you know, part of the ethos of my business now. Uh -huh. And he looked at me, he's like, what do you want to do with your life? I was like, I just want to make things beautiful. And at the time, we kind of started thinking about who in our lives was in this space. And it just so happens that our mutual best friend now, his oldest friend growing up, mm -hmm. his mom's an interior designer, Sherry Browse. And at the time her business was picking up and she needed some help. So I came to her and I said, I'm going to learn these programs. I want to help bring your business to the digital age. I don't want to get paid. I just want to learn the trade. I want to learn right. the business. And she's like, all right, I'll give you a shot. So I stayed up relentlessly every night till 3 a.m. learning SketchUp and AutoCAD and Photoshop. YouTube is my best friend. Go um, girl. I joke that like my husband's a YouTube contractor because we just learn everything from the internet. Uh -huh. So taught myself everything. She taught me, you know, how to how to work with the DD, mm -hmm. how to understand net and list pricing, how to space plan, color theory, material theory. Um, so that's really how I got into the business. It was just sort of luck, right? Some strategy and just intrinsic passion, knowing that this is what I was eventually destined to do. Right. No, that's that's listen, I always say uh that's how I got through school. I was in design school and there were people around me that could, you know, draw and do all the amazing things. And I had to learn it just like you. And the thing that got me through is I would always say what Muhammad Ali would say, the will is stronger than the skill. 
And (laughs) if you're focused and you're like, this is what I want to do, you're going to make it happen. So how did you branch off from that to having your own firm? What was the, the, the turning point for you? Yep. So all the projects that her and I had been working on were coming to a close. And at that time, she didn't have anything else on her pipeline. This was about six months after I had joined because she was already kind of in the weeds of everything pre-joining. And I just joined in halfway. Um, So when that happened, I reached out to somebody who is actually a good friend of mine now, Tally Roth on Instagram randomly. I was like, (laughs) hi, I know you don't know me, but do you think I could treat you to a coffee? Um, I just want to understand how home polish rest in peace works. (laughs) So we met at uh, LPQ. She was nine months pregnant. She told me that she was texting everybody in her family, everything about me just to make sure I wasn't a serial killer. Um, (laughs) And we really hit it off. She introduced me to HR. I did their whole design challenge. And within a couple of weeks, I was a senior designer at Home Polish, only having six months of experience under my belt, which was really wild. Um, And I was with them for a year. And in that year, you know, I took on all of their renovations. I started to get all of their VIP clients, which really helped build my client Rolodex. Mm -hmm. or, you know, in this business, you meet somebody and then your bread and butter becomes referrals. Right. Absolutely. um, After a year of being with them, I decided to just go off on my own because I was getting so many inbound leads from referrals. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like the right time. I felt like I had enough experience. Obviously, I'm still learning every day is an opportunity to learn more. But at the time, I felt like it's, it's, I'm ready. Like, let's just do this. Right. Um, so after almost two years of working with Sherry and Home Polish, it was about a year and a half. Um, that's when I started Becky Shea Design. And it's been amazing since then. It's been insane. <laughs> I've ended up in the hospital most, multiple times for just exhaustion and dehydration. Um, and my, my husband now works with me as well. He's been with the company for three years. So kind of cool. It is. Okay. So how do you, all right, first of all, first off, girl, you got to drink water. You got to keep yourself hydrated. And I, and I understand what you're saying. I walk with a, a Yeti. I have one in my car. I have, because I know that once you get going, you get so focused, you forget about everything. Like I'll go, Oh wow. I didn't eat today. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to, I have like to wash 7 PM it. PM, And I'm like, Oh my God, all I've had is a bag of almonds. Yeah. And, but you're like, Oh, I'll just take this for now. I just need something, you know, just to line the stomach and you keep going. And then you're like, Oh, I didn't eat. So no hydrate. Now I'm going to text you every day and be like, did you hydrate today? <laughs> what, so what is it like working with your husband and how do you shut it off when you're home or does it, is it just continual? Well, we, at the beginning, we really wanted to define what our roles would be so there wouldn't be overlap. And he has an incredible tech background. He came from Google and Apple, and he also started a company. Um, So he really brought our business to this just modern, everything is accessible from anywhere in the world. Um, He handles all of the business development on the back end, accounting, finance, basically everything I don't want to do. So I can strictly (laughs) focus on creative. Right. Um, And then my role is, you know, design and merchandising and styling and 
um, photography. So I'm always the art director on all of our photo shoots. I come up with like style guides on how things should be done. Um, it's great. I mean, there is no shutting off. We always talk about this. We're like, we need to figure out a balance where we stop talking about work, but because we're both so passionate about entrepreneurship as a whole, Mm -hmm. it's very hard. It's like this common thread that we have. And one of the reasons why we first fell in love. So it's very difficult to shut off. Very difficult. I can understand that. I mean, I'm sure you have times where your mind does shut it down but if you're i know it you could be in the middle of like stirring soup i don't know and then something just pops in your head and you're like oh we could do this and the next thing you know you're talking about it but it sounds like the two of you have worked it out like it 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 works for you um and that's good it works it definitely works i mean covid's definitely been challenging like anything just because (laughs) we're working together living together doing everything together um but we've, we've tried to find balance. We, we recently purchased a, a home in the Southern Catskills and we've definitely found reprieve here because it's on six and a half acres of land. So we just it's walk nice. outside and there's like deer and bunny and chipmunks um, and nature. So that's been helpful. Okay, so let's talk about COVID. Now, when COVID happened, how did that affect you if it did at all and did were you when did you flee this i shouldn't say flee the city when did you leave the city (laughs) so like everybody it definitely till this day has affected me emotionally it's um i think there's a meme of covid coaster where like one day you're (laughs) super high and happy baking banana bread the next day you're like oh my god my life is over um we recently fled and we still have our apartment in the city because we do work in Manhattan, Long Island. So we need to be centralized. Mm-hmm. Um, but we purchased this home in December. So it's been a little labor of love the last three months. Um, and it's just such a nice escape. Mm-hmm. Your mind can actually settle down here. You don't have that like raging city anxiety because of all of the energy from everybody. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been short, but it's been it's been great. So it's very interesting. Um, I was just in the city this week and it still feels weird because it's not as, um, it's not as busy as it used to be. Yeah. And then I'm like, I can't wait. Like even tonight we wanted to go into the city to have dinner, but they're like, oh, it's only outdoor seating. And I was like, no, it gets cold still. So we won't yeah. be going. <laughs> I'm like, no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was sad to see. We were in the heart of the city when all of this happened. So you know, when those refrigerator trucks were parked outside of hospitals, yeah, there was nobody on the streets and it was gloomy and rainy. It was, it was really yeah. depressing. Yeah. It, it really messed with your psyche. Um, so what is, what have you learned being in business for yourself in this design world, especially with COVID? Because we were before these, we started recording, we were talking about the lead times going from six to eight weeks to now, like, I don't know, it'll it'll come in when it gets here (laughs) type attitude. I mean, if COVID has taught me anything, it's to learn to pause and breathe and just let go of things that are out of my control. I'm a control freak by nature. um, And obviously at the beginning when things were delayed or you could get something, it was very stressful. But at this stage, you just got to roll with the punches. It will happen when it happens, as long as you're planning things in advance and you're over communicating. I think communication is mm-hmm. paramount to a successful business. 
like just let everybody know you and I talked about it earlier, a weekly debrief, just giving your clients the inside skinny on what's happening, whether it's the progress of their build or when the renovation will begin or when samples are arriving or what product is arriving. I think over communicate is quintessential to being successful in this business. It's a very personal, intimate business. It really is. And like I always say, when you take someone's money, you are in business. And when you take someone's money, you are liable. So you need mm-hmm. to be like on point. What was a lesson of failure that changed the way you run your business? Mm, that's a really good question. Because listen, um, that's how we learn in this business. <laughs> you learn how to really fine tune your pro- your processes and your programs because something just has to slip through the crack or you just have to get a really angry client and you're like, that'll never happen again. Yeah. So I would say, and this has been through trials and tribulations over the course of six years, that the one thing that has been so important for my business is not allowing the client to run the show. Um, Say that again. I, I feel like, you know, it's a collaborative uh endeavor when it comes to the vision but ultimately they hire you because you're the visionary and you have a process in order for that vision to unfold a certain way so you know in my beginning days i would kind of let the client tell me what to do because i wanted any any business i could get but i learned very quickly that they don't have experience in this industry and the same way you go to an accountant or a doctor (laughs) you're not telling them how to do their job So it's really like reining people in, aligning with them, assuring them and acknowledging whatever it is that they're thinking. But at the end of the day, driving the truck, you're the one that needs to be in control of how this process unfolds. No, this is true. So in terms of a failure, I'd say like just having clients go apeshit on me and (laughs) trying to run it and me like getting emotional and stressed and anxious and not sleeping. Now it's like, no. This yeah. is how it's gonna go. Yeah, it's Becky Shea design. It's not everybody's design. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's a very um that's very real because you can get a client where they love our style and they love how we do, but then all of a sudden they're they're like pushing you out of the way and getting in the driver's seat. And you're like, no, 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 there's a process to this. And if we do it this way, it'll end up better. I have to say your website is beautiful, but more importantly, your work is stunning. How did you find your design voice? Because um, it is very beautiful. I love your aesthetic. Thank you. Um, For me, it honestly all comes down to sustainability. I think about sustainability both from an aesthetic standpoint, an environmental standpoint, and an economic standpoint. Mm -hmm. So when I design a home, I want to put elements in there that in 10 or 20 years, you can look at it and still be like, wow, this is really cool. Um, I, I, I'm, I've always been a fan of neutrals. I don't know if that's because I grew up by the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think having neutrality, I always say there's two forms of neutrals. There's dark and light. So bringing those two together, like deep, dark grays, navies and as of late, I've been getting really into greens like Ashwood Moss and mm-hmm. um, Dakota Woods Green. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say sustainability, those three pillars that I described, and then just being in nature. Um, when you look outside, like what are the colors on the trees, 
the plants, the grass, like these elements have been on earth for billions of years Mm -hmm. and they are still beautiful. Yeah. So I think that it was really derived from just being an outdoor girl and looking around at my surroundings and just taking and pulling bits and pieces from wood, um, how it's textured, because every tree bark is different to different grasses and bringing that into an interior space. I, I mean, in my ideal world, I wish I could make every home indoor outdoor because I think humans are primitive um, at our root system. So I, I just say nature and sustainability is really where I drew my voice from. No, you can tell. Just really beautiful. I love the Charles Street uh, project. I love... Thank you. Yeah, like I just... I love the West Village Masonette. Beautiful. Well, hell, I love the Long Island City Flat. They're all so beautiful and they're all so very distinct. So you. you can tell like it's your hand, but no one project looks like the other. And that's something that's really amazing that once you find your voice you can just design and it still says, it still reads who you are, but it looks like it's also a collaborative effort with your clients. Do you have a favorite project? Oh man. <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot. I Do mean, you have a favorite one? <laughs> I ha- I feel like every project is an evolution of another project. So in the moment, like you always feel like that brand spanking new project is your favorite. Right. Um, but when you think about experience, Mm-hmm. I would say it hasn't been, we have a ton of projects that haven't been photographed, by the way. We just haven't had the time. And with COVID, it's been nearly impossible. Yeah. Um, but I would say the Durham Barbie Dream House, because we tag all of our projects with a, a cute little name. Mm-hmm. That one was definitely one of my favorite experiences. It was just such a chill client, you know, they looked at me as an artist. So it was like, whatever you need, whatever you want to do to make the vision, what is in your head, we're going to do it. Um, they also just had that same ethos. They loved neutrals, but they weren't afraid of dark neutrals, which a lot of people are like, I am not afraid of dark colors. My bedroom that I'm sitting right. in right now, everything is painted the same color and it's like a super deep, dark gray. Um, at night you can't see anything. Um, I love dark colors. I'm just always amazed that everyone, when they think neutral, they think beige or gray. (laughs) And I'm like, it's not, it's black is neutral. Yes. (laughs) I love that color. I put it everywhere. You see it like in all my little, you know, light fixtures and vases and door hardware. Like it is just a pop that stands the test of time. Um, So I'd say that was definitely a really fantastic project. And it was also in a state that I had never done anything in North Carolina. Most of our work is in the tri-state area in California. Um, So it was nice being in a completely new environment for me. How did you find them? Or better yet, how did they find you? Because all of your clients are referrals, correct? All of our clients are referrals. So they found us. um, We were featured in El Decor for the Soho Loft. Nice. And they reached out when that went to press and, you know, it was about a two month interview process where they were speaking to references. We were giving them just a little inside skinny of what our vision could be for this home, which I like clients that do that. And it's actually become part of our process now where we interview the client as much as they interview us. It's true. Because everything we do is a long term commitment. <laughs> yes. We're in the- in these relationships for three, four years. And then, you know, 
we're doing the children's homes mm-hmm. and then we're doing their second home. So like, I want to make sure that everybody's cool. Yeah, no, that's super important. And um, I, I love it. I love it. What is the best part of what you do? What, what makes your heart sing? Oh man, <laughs> there's so many parts to it. I am obsessed with millwork. Um, all of our projects that you see on the site, mm-hmm. I designed the millwork. I awesome. love when I had that opportunity to find different grains and stains and woods on my own and then build the piece obviously digitally and then I have my carpenters who execute it but I just I love millwork my grandfathers both of them were carpenters so I don't know if that was just like an intrinsic thing in me Mm -hmm. I grew up going to their shops and sweeping the sawdust that fell on the floor Mm -hmm. um so I love millwork I love when we can find reclaimed things that are already in circulation you'll see a lot of beam work in our stuff um, especially the stuff that hasn't been photographed yet. Um, and then texture. I love texture. I'm all about layers. Like that is what makes me the happiest. If I can have like 30 blankets in one room, <laughs> that's my jam. I just love it. I love texture on the wall, texture on the floor, texture, you know, in your linens, your treatments, everything. Uh, you can tell you look at your site, your work is stunning. It is beautiful. Thank you, Gail. So I'm, I'm really, I just love it. Um, before we go, my love, where can the fabulous people find you? So you can find me on Instagram. It's Becky M. Shea. And then my website is www.beckyshea.com. Oh my God. Thank you so much for doing this. I really had a great time having this conversation with you. You are the Same. best. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to the Design Perspectives podcast. As always, I'm your host, Gail M. Davis. I really appreciate you listening. Please don't forget to rate me on iTunes. It is super important. It will help people to find where we are located. And the Design Perspectives podcast is also available on Design Network Platform. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day.